Hello and welcome to the Front Row Podcast. We're just back from watching the Spanish Grand Prix in uh, Catalonia, Barcelona. Personally, I thought better than the Portuguese Grand Prix, but uh, boys, what did you think? You must have your head shoved up your ass. It was definitely better than the Portuguese Grand Prix. Even on a course that's supposed to have no overtaking, it was better than the Portuguese Grand Prix. Absolutely, 100% could not disagree with you more. The Portuguese Grand Prix had a few overtakes that weren't after the main straight. Namely, one overtake that didn't happen in corner one, outside of the first lap. I'm pretty Alonso. sure Alonso got... Overtaken 17 times. 17 times <laughs> on the second last lap. All in a row, all on literally every corner of the racetrack. So okay, but Fionn, you you mentioned last week that it everything that happened in the race came down to strategy. What's different this week? Like genuinely, what's different? Alonso was just shot to bits, uh, and the same way that the two stopper worked versus uh, Verstappen, it was just a game of strategy again. Yeah, it was a game of strategy, but at least it was interesting. You didn't know what was going to happen with. Portugal last week, you you could see it a mile off. Yeah. Hamilton was never in doubt with that race. I'm not even talking about the top of the race. I'm talking about, like, the bit in the middle. Like, I know those two are going to run off at the front and it's just going to be a matter of who gets, who finishes first. I thought the middle of the racing was better than Portugal. That's why I'm saying it's a better race than Portugal. 98% of it was a snooze fest. It was a train from start to finish. And what's the thing about trains? The carriages don't overtake each other. Unless the carriage's name is Alonso, and then they move them backwards at the end. <laughs> well, yeah, that, he was a bit of a runaway train, in fairness. That's it, people never change. Anyway, so uh, we will start off again, as is tradition on the podcast now, we will talk about Haas, and everyone wanted to call this Grand Prix uh, Spain without the A, but it didn't happen. No one spun, not a single person, including Nikita Mazepin. Uh, another two car finishes for Haas uh, not a million miles behind as far as I'm aware although Alonso did pit at the end so that was kind of the reason for that but uh, again not too bad Fionn yeah I think like we said at the start of the season like Haas aren't going anywhere so anytime they get two cars to finish without instant that's a great result and I mean on a technicality you've got Mick Schumacher finishing 18th two races in a row that's a phenomenal result for him i would have thought so i think has to be pretty happy uh given that now i think unfortunately they didn't get much airtime today because nobody really did anything but yeah no spin mazepin's got to be happy that's a massive improvement right mm, mm. we've we seen mick schumacher make a few positions up off the line rain is that positive for Haas? would you say oh yeah 100 percent. any time that they can you know, get an overtake made or anything like that, uh, it's it's absolutely a win for Haas. Um, I'd just like to go back and point out, if you want to throw your technicalities in the bin, will you? Like, it's not, <laughs> oh my God, he finished 18th. So what? Like, he finished a race. That's pretty much all he did. Now, I think most improved driver between last week and this week is absolutely Nikita Mazepin. He finished less than a second per lap behind his teammate, and that's a 100% improvement on anything he's done so far in the season. It is really, what worth are you bearing about? in mind. Reliability is a f- crucial, especially to those really small teams, small budget teams. I think it's a huge achievement to finish 18th two races in a row. When you're it's also the worst worth, car on the grid. 
It's worth bearing in mind as well we're not at a children's sports day and most improved doesn't really get you anywhere. Yeah. No, um, I know, but neither does finished 18th <laughs> in a row because everybody crashed around him. That's just bollocks. Like, <laughs> it, the car is Last week was impressive, but this week, not so much. Yeah, the, when you're... When you're not able to put your foot down, that preserves the engine a little bit, you know? They're going to finish races where other teams maybe won't because of uh, engine failure and that sort of thing. Well, look they at have Haas a Ferrari engine. They have a Ferrari engine in that car, which seems to be pretty reliable this season. Well, Haas so last year tried to finish? kill their driver several times and in I think <laughs> nearly succeeded. So, like, I think going around and around while slow and not having to bail out a race is a pretty good thing. They nearly took Look, I think Haas, their issue last season was their drivers were too close to each other. They were too evenly matched. Now with Maz has been going around in last place always and happy to do it. Look at me, daddy. I'm an F1 driver. <laughs> I think, yeah, there's no way they're going to crash into each other. So barring a an engine failure or something, they're going to finish every race because there's nobody around them to really uh, give them any trouble, get them in a bit of trouble. It is remarkable that they have built a car that's not, hasn't exploded yet, as seemed to be quite a common issue last season. So at least, again, another plus for Haas this season in a year where they probably weren't expecting too many. Hmm. Agreed. I'm not saying it's outrageously magnificent for Schumacher to be finishing 18th. <laughs> I'm just saying relative to what Haas were looking for at the start of the season, I think 18th is probably one of the best results they might get all year. And so to do it twice in a row... That's a pretty, like, it's a feel-good thing for the team. I'm not saying by any other team's metric it's in any way a good performance. But, like, 18 twice in a row, that's one of the things you show your sponsor. You go, look, we have the consistency, and on a good day, we're consistent enough to, like, nick a spot here and there when other people crash around us. It might be mm-hmm. because the old tortoise and the hare, we're so slow that we can't crash. And therefore, <laughs> if anyone else crashes, <laughs> we jump up them. But Listen, yeah, that's all they can expect this year anyway. And Mazepin with the overtake while someone went into the pits, didn't he? Yeah, Joe Giovinazzi was in the pits for about three years. And uh, he managed to get by him. seconds, I think, he was stopped in his box. Which is longer than, about ten seconds longer than he should be in the whole pit lane. Anyway, we'll move on up a little bit again to Williams. And... Rin, I know you have strong opinions on this. He was running in 11th, about half a second behind Alonso for a little bit. We did discuss it last week about Russell being a bit of a bottler, and you seem to think it's happened again. (laughs) I do, 100%. On a circuit where overtakes don't happen very often, to lose, what was it, four spots over the course of a lap? He finished 14th in the end, yeah. And he lost over three seconds to Alonso over the space of a lap that's pretty I know he's in the worst car in that pack and it was unfortunate that we didn't get to see what happened to him on TV but I mean to me it looked like he was on course for points or at least to get by Alonso and then you know he that he did of, get by Alonso by I hate positions. to say it okay yeah but that was because he pitted at the end in fairness now come on but a little bit of, I don't want to say it, but a little bit of a bottle job. So did Alonso bottle it as well then, by that metric? Because he got passed by a load of cars on that one lap as well, before he pitted. So is that well, him, job him and his he team, was running in the points? Him and his team did bottle it a little bit okay, today. Well, at least you're consistent with your everyone's a bottler except for McLaren. 
Russell did finish ahead of Giovinazzi yeah. as well. Is that not a success for, for Williams, just in general? I think it is. It is, yeah. It is. It is. But so was Giovinazzi was a bottle so job. Much, there was so much more on the table there for Williams today. They did not take advantage of it. I think we could call, we can summary it up and say that the middle of the pack are bottlers for not being at the front. <laughs> and then, then he covers everybody. Look, I understand social media. High arousal emotions are what get you the likes. So I just like being a little bit controversial, <laughs> a little bit combative. No, it's, he's our Eamon like like Dunphy. Everyone's a bottler. Where's the guile? Is there like right wing and left wing <laughs> politics and I'm just somewhere in the middle kind of going, oh, well, yeah. You're the Green Party. You're the Green Party that cycles around <laughs> the place on a scooter. <laughs> Yeah, okay, fair enough. Moving on, so we will talk about Alpine, and as we were, because we were just talking, actually we'll touch on uh, Latifi as well, kind of a bog-standard Latifi race, did finish ahead of Alonso, but he he seemed to have a problem in those uh, last few laps, I'm not sure why he even pitted. About three quarters of the way through the race, we heard on the radio that he was having a misfiring issue, so maybe that's the reason he got slow, and they just slapped on a pair of quick tires at the end just to kind of make sure he could get around at the end i'm not really sure why bother pitting him and letting him back out again but that could be it, it was maybe maybe they were going for the off chance that he takes the fastest lap away from someone but i mean they're not in a fight with red bull <laughs> or mercedes so why would they be arsed and if you're not in the, such if you're a not, bastard thing to do if you're not they don't even the get the point yeah, you don't even get it so like, <laughs> But yeah, so Alonso P17, obviously not a great race. Uh, that bit of viewing that we've seen with, there was about five or six cars all battling for that P10 spot. That was some amazing. And then Bottas was also in there lapping them, causing all sorts of ruckus. It was uh, great to watch, but um, kind of meant nothing in the end. Ocon held on for P9 in the end, just ahead of Gasly. Uh, more points for Alpine, Fionn. Yeah, look, I'm well and truly buried on that one. I think I can let that go. Alpine are doing pretty good. And again, Alonso didn't have a great race, but for some reason, we've really seen him struggle, like, quite badly of the two Alpines. And Ocon proved Rian was right on this one. Like, ninth is kind of the best. Like, that's number one of that midfield pack if you take Red Bull, uh, McLaren, Ferrari, and uh, Mercedes out of it. That's like the the highest spot that you can expect to get. So I think Ocon will be delighted with that couple of points that he's after nicking. Mm. Absolutely. Just behind Ocon was, of course, Gasly, as I mentioned. It seemed like it was all going wrong for AlphaTauri with the early retirement of Yuki Tsunoda as well. It was a uh, he had some quite controversial things to say to Sky Sports earlier yesterday, I believe, after qualifying. He was suggesting that. His car and Gasly's car weren't the same. Uh, he did release an apology today, but again, it's it's another horrid time for Tsunoda. Has your opinion changed on him, Ryan? Um, Slowly diminishing, but at the same time, you know, I don't think today can be uh, a marker for how well or how poorly he's doing in the sport. I mean, like, he did have a poor day of qualifying yesterday, that's fine you're entitled to have a poor day every now and again but today i mean he was just desperately unlucky for that car to cut out on him like i haven't seen that in a long time where the engine just stops and he couldn't even get it going again so yeah disappointing day for him but at the same time 100 percent not his fault 
I think it absolutely confirms what he was saying to Sky Sports, and they very. If you look at the replay, you can see Alpha Terry hit the kill switch in the <laughs> in the pit wall and just like knock him out. So I think I think that. But in fairness, in fairness, I know he's struggled, and I agree with you guys. I think he has struggled, but it's funny how the narratives are a little bit different. Given he's a rookie, and we've seen a lot of the new guys into the team struggle, even the vets. For instance, Alonso, like he really has struggled in a lot of races this year. So I think we need to give him the same benefit that we give the other drivers and maybe give him until maybe two or three more races to get the car underneath them. And if he's not, if he's not up at least closer to Gasly by that stage, then I think we can say, okay, this guy's struggling. But again, we have to remember he's still a rookie. His car might be better than the other two rookies' cars, but He's still a rookie, and the machinery, the difference between F2 and F1 is significant. Like, even he's talking mm. about the catering is better. So, I mean, you, there's <laughs> got to be a lot of distractions when you're moving up to that level from, yeah, from F2. Yeah, as well, like, you look at his preseason testing, and he was incredibly impressive, and the AlphaTauri's pace took us all by surprise a little bit in both cars. And then he had a, a fantastic first race in Bahrain, and he was saying, oh, I probably could have even done better. So I think he's a bit cursed by that kind of the success he had originally. Yeah. Uh, and it, it, we're kind of expecting him to be kind of in around the top 10 every time, even though he's 21 years of age. Yeah. He's he's incredibly young. And he's going to make mistakes, right? Like that's exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So you would hope that that cleans up more and more as the season goes on. And and obviously you have to you, you take it out of his hands today. That was nothing got to do with anything that he did. So... Uh, okay, he qualified quite poorly, but again, these are the mistakes, right? That one little lap, and he's, he spins it on Imola coming off the curb a little high or uh, going track limits a little bit too much on the previous race in Portugal. So uh, all these little things are stuff you're going to learn, and you have to give allowances, I think, for the rookies. Mm. Yeah, worth also ver- pointing out that I think he's the youngest rookie since Max Verstappen. So th- this guy is very very new to racing in general basically the guy has a lot to learn and i think he does have way more upside than he does downside at the moment Mm, for sure i think we are getting a bit of ahead of ourselves in criticizing him but moving on to his teammate gasly it looked like it was going bad for him and then he kind of made a very good recovery drive to get to p10 what did you make of it yeah, very strong considering the fact that he had well one nightmare of a pit stop and then another on his other pit stop he had a five second penalty for starting out of position on the grid. So yeah, I think this was a really impressive drive for him. I was expecting the Alpha Tauris to be fast here, but yeah, I mean considering all that went wrong for him in the start of the race, I think this was really, really a good a good drive for him. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't really have anything to add there to be honest. I think Gasly raced strong, he dealt with a lot of issues. Do I see him without those issues? Do I see him catching Ocon? Maybe not. Ocon, like we said, had a pretty good race. So I think he finished 10th. He deserved to get 10th. And uh, I don't see anything he could have done that would have bumped him up the order much further than that. I think it's a solid performance. So perhaps considering that Gasly had quite a few issues, you would expect this to be an opportunity that Aston Martin could have jumped on a little Mm -hmm. bit. Stroll finishing just behind him in 11th and Vettel in 13th again no points for Aston Martin anywhere Vettel still looking for his first points Fionn you're obviously a fan of Vettel and Stroll uh what 
Is there anything more? Like, what's going on? Is is there anything that we haven't touched on, or like, no. what's happening? Why can't they get into that top ten? What happened today? I think they can't get into the top ten because we've seen that that car is not as good as we as we expected it to coming off of the the racing point the previous season. That the regulations have got away. That the floor has affected all of them, and they seem to be the one whinging about it the most. And I think I said on the last podcast. I think the major issue is that they don't actually know what it is. I think they're blaming the floor, but they don't really know why the car is slow. So, actually, I think today was a, a better performance for them to have the two cars quite close to each other. Okay, Raikkonen is split, but to be to be in and around with your lead car, with the lead cars of the the Alpine and the Alpha Tauri, at least it shows you're starting to be a bit more competitive. You're hoping one of your cars can get an overtake and start to get some points. Obviously, they haven't got any points so far, have they? Or did Stroll get some points at the start? Stroll got some points. Stroll, so they yeah. do, they, but they, they have never really recovered back to that that level yet. So I, I am happy. I guess my what I like to see is that they took advantage, obviously, of Sonoda going out and Alonso's issues at the end. And they took advantage of that and managed to, to stay in touch with the other two, with the first drivers of those teams. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a it's a so so race. There's stuff to take positively. In other words, seeing that improvement, but also again, never really looked like as we said, Gasly never looked like threatening Ocon, and so or well, obviously he caught him nearly right at the end. But in terms of during the race, and then Stroll never really looked like putting pressure on them after after he had that tussle with Alonso, and I think he he must have lost a position then to Gasly after that. So that's not brilliant. So I think there's some some positives to take away which is going to be i think aston martin's key here because they don't have a lot of positives at the moment given the first few races mm. but then again also a lot still to work on because that's not really the performance they were looking for especially around barcelona if you get that advantage of going by alonso leading that train then you should really hold on to that position and hopefully get a point yeah vettel seems to be getting more used to the car in do you think he's reeling in stroll quickly I think he is a little bit, but I mean, like, he's he's not going to pass him in the championship if they keep scoring zero points between them. Mm. Aston Martin is a bit of a dumpster fire at the moment. I've heard this week that a lot of people are unhappy with Lawrence Stroll uh, as the team principal there. Uh, and, of course, Otmar Safnauer. But Otmar Safnauer is a little bit of a, a puppet for for Stroll, by all accounts. So everything we're hearing coming out of Safnauer's mouth is coming directly from Lawrence Stroll. So yeah, guys at the factory are not really happy with him. Engineers aren't happy with him. And it's possible. I'm not sure how credible the source is because they weren't named. But they're saying that Lawrence Stroll is prioritizing his son over Sebastian Vettel in that seat. Now, I can't see that being the truth because of how close Vettel is now coming to Stroll. Uh, He needs to clean up a little bit at qualifying time and just keep the race pace going without many mistakes. I think mistakes are killing them now during the races. So yeah, I mean, we might see later in the year some tracks will suit the Aston Martins a little bit better. Maybe when we get back to the hot weather, I think they're going to improve a little bit. So when we get to Abu Dhabi and Singapore later on in the year. Are we going to Singapore this year? Yeah, we are. I'm not sure, I think. I'm... Okay, well, the, the hot weather races later on in the year, they're, they're going to look a little bit stronger, I think. Round 16 is Singapore, yes, we okay. are going to Singapore. 
Um, yeah, with what you were saying there, Rian, with Lawrence Stroll, I suppose probably the proof will be in the pudding with that one if he is favouring Lance, because I don't see Sebastian Vettel sticking around too long if he feels like he's been, again, not prioritised by the team, or at least given a fair treatment after the alleged kerfuffle we've seen with Ferrari and the allegations that they were prioritising Charles. But yeah, he'll, surely he'd he'd move off, Yon, do you think? Yeah, I don't think it's it. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think it's a surprise at all to hear that Stroud is getting preferential treatment in the team. I mean, I could have called that, and I think I did call that maybe in one of our preseason shows. So I didn't buy. They did make a big uh, song and dance about Vettel arriving and how he's going to be like, he's going to get all the priority and four-time world champion, and it's great to have him. But I think it's very clear that this is a father-son team and that that's the way it's going to be run and that's the way they want it run so do you see Vettel seeing out his contract and will he sign an extension how long is his contract there it's a two season contract so this and next yeah I, he's going to stick out the two seasons I think Vettel I think is going to be hurt by this performance and the Ferrari performance and I really don't see like I don't see anyone else rehiring I think his only option is retire or stick with Aston Martin because what do you guys think? Do you like certainly Alpha Tauri don't aren't gonna sign him on because they're the development squad for Red Bull. And then Alpine maybe, but Alonso's gonna wanna stick and see what the new regulations are like. So I don't know where else he would want to go. Well, here's I was gonna leave this to later, but I'll bring it up now. I was thinking with Red Bull clearly well, maybe it's a bit unfair to say it at this stage of the season, but Perez definitely is not where Red Bull want him to be. Mm-hmm. He's he's too far behind to really give a, a strategy boost. So I was going to propose the questions to you. How long do Red Bull stick with Perez? Do they give him... I believe it's a one-year contract. I'm not too sure on it. But could Vettel be an option? The, the homecoming. For, for Red Bull, he knows the team, he clearly loved it there, four-time world champion. Could he be an option for, for Red Bull in the future? I think he's good friends with Max Verstappen as well. I think it's the absolute dream team for Red Bull. He gets on with Helmut Marko, which pretty much nobody does. He gets on with Christian Horner. He gets on with everybody in that team. It would be the ideal situation for him. Another kind of pie-in-the-sky vision that I have is... Tensions seem to be boiling up in uh, Mercedes and uh, some tempers maybe wearing thin. And maybe, you know, the German driver going to the German champions, four-time world champion. Now, I don't know how well Toto Wolff will take to another big ego in the garage. Obviously, Lewis Hamilton is the man there. So, But it is possible that he replaces Valtteri Bottas in that second seat. But yeah, that's just me wishful thinking. The same way I had the thought yeah. in my head this week when uh, it was announced that Roman Grosjean was testing in France. I was like, okay, but Roman Grosjean doesn't think of himself as a charity case in any sense. <laughs> so maybe this You'll is like a trial. <laughs> it's a trial. He goes, look, if no. you can outperform Valtteri Bottas, you have the seat, pal. I, you must, I have, think been, in this you must have been a few whiskeys deep on that one. Right? <laughs> I think this is for sure a swan song. Yeah, for I think this Rose is a hundred percent charity going, oh case. <laughs> Could you imagine he sticks a oh, practice lap right quicker than Bottas? No, he's gonna build straight oh. into the wall. 
Like, yes. That would be funny. These Two million quid's worth of damage. Very Mercedes. As far as I'm aware, though, he's going to be driving last year's car in practice. So that's um, going to be quicker, no matter what, than Bottas. He's driving last year's car. They said they want to give him a chance to drive a championship winning car. Yeah, fair enough. Even, They'll probably even though give he him drove like... the Lotus when it was competitive. So it's not like... Yeah, he was a, he's a podium Yeah, it's driver, not like he's know? been like a 20-year veteran for like Williams and they're like, oh, God love him, right? Stick him in a fast car for like one last... This time. is what I'm saying. The seat is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, by all accounts, Grosjean's not a slouch. I think it's, it's, it's pretty well... It's the traffic known. that he had trouble with. Yeah, he, he's he's an untidy driver, he's but he's quick. He's very like Lewis Hamilton. Can't drive in traffic. Oh, if you hold on, we have to cut that out because we're not we're not letting the not letting the listeners know. The, I'm teasing it. I'm foreshadowing. <laughs> There's a we have two to wait hour for that special one. coming up, ladies and gentlemen, and it's gonna be Fumaloy by himself. Yeah. So uh, I forget where we were. We were talking about uh, Aston Martin and Vettel, and so you think he's gonna stay out his contract and then retire after that, Fionn, or maybe get an extension, either extension or retire? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I think. Okay. Yeah, his two, his two options are number two driver or not driving at all, because no matter where he yeah. goes, whether that's whether that is to Red Bull, the homecoming, he's gonna be second fiddle to Max Verstappen, or. If my Mercedes master plan works out where you get Grosjean in the car this year and uh, Vettel for next year, still going to be second fiddle to uh, Lewis Hamilton. So You'd probably get good odds on that in the bookies. Again, yeah. so few seats. It's like, why would Vett- why would Mercedes hire Vettel and have Russell sitting there? And like last show, we were talking about where Russell goes. And like, there's so right, but seats is, Russell, some... is Russell polished enough to put into that Ferrari right now? Or the... The Mercedes right now. Sh- if you move, if you bump Vettel on, and now a seat becomes available in Aston Martin, <laughs> the chips are falling into it's all place. Falling into place. Wow, wow. This is coming from the same man that said Ferrari should have hired Raikkonen. Yeah, incredible. Well, actually, my hot takes have been all pretty pretty hot this year, and I read a story during the week of uh, Mazepin after he blocked Norris. So he got a three-place grid penalty, which was terrible for him, you know. Bumped him from 20th to 20th. And he got one penalty point. Now, I read that as a one-point penalty, and I was like, holy shit, throw it back to the Hot Takes podcast. I said, Hassel finished with negative points points this year. I was close. I was close. That's, yeah, that's that's not going to happen. So, we spoke about, we mentioned Raikkonen just there. Uh, A 12th-place finish for him. Not too bad, not too bad. About as good as they could expect, probably, at, with, with the car that they have. I think that's yeah, a pretty super strong performance. Super strong. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, not so good for Giovinazzi finishing behind Russell. That's probably their main competitor. They'd want both Alfa Romeos ahead of both Williams, realistically, wouldn't they? Yeah. Mm, but how far behind did he finish? Don't I, I don't know. I don't, I mean, it just says one lap, so I I'm not too sure. Realistically, probably less than 30 seconds, and that's how long he spent stationary uh, at his pit stop. Yeah, yeah, that that could be true. That could be true. But yeah, Raikkonen to beat an Aston Martin is pretty impressive. Obviously, he started on the alternate strategy. He was the only one to start in the mediums, and it seemed to pay off for him. Um, he obviously went long was up at P5, I think, at one stage, obviously yeah. without pitting, but it, it seemed to work for him. Um, you'd wonder if, if anyone else tried it, would they have done 
something similar. So we are moving on a little bit up to the the contention area between kind of um, McLaren and Ferrari. Bit of a disaster today for uh, McLaren and yesterday actually. Norris said he damaged his car quite heavily, and that's why he didn't he couldn't set a lap in uh, Q3. So he started P9, finished P8 in the end. Ricardo P6 isn't terrible, but crucially, it is two places behind Leclerc. So, Rian, you're the McLaren fan. I'll go to you. What did you make of the McLaren performance? Yeah, this was bitterly disappointing for me. I said to you during the race that I wasn't happy with how Norris was driving. Now, he'd only lost one position at that point, or it was a net zero or something like that. But if you compare that to like what Perez did, he started in 8th and moved his way up to 4th by the end. Lando basically sat there and did nothing the entire race. He was too far behind the Ferraris at all times. Never looked like he was threatening them to overtake. And a car that we have talked about as being clearly superior, it's just not that great. Uh, moving on to Ricardo. then after that. Yeah, he looked pretty strong for most of the time but again not close enough to that lead Ferrari now not taking anything away from Leclerc he had an unbelievable drive today but um, yeah a bit of a disappointing day for uh, McLaren they'll be licking their wounds a bit and you know that that gap wasn't that big going into the race I think it was 11 points between McLaren and Ferrari and that's going to be cut right down now so uh, yeah it's game on going into Monaco Mm. Fionn, you heard there Rain praising Charles Leclerc, so it must have been a good drive from him today. Yeah, it was a fantastic drive, and he, he showed again that he is, as we've said, he is probably the third best driver on the grid at the moment. And it also shows that if Ferrari can just even vaguely stay out of their own way, they can really make up for that car differential that we've talked about with the driving skill of Leclerc. I think science has a little bit of way to go. I'm I'm happy to see him stay ahead of one of the of one of the McLarens and flip the trend that has happened the last two races. As Rain mentioned, we managed to close the gap to five. So a promising sign that Ferrari can at least on their day, whether that's take advantage of a McLaren misstep or go to a a circuit where they're particularly good at, that they can at least keep this competitive all the way through the season. So I'm I'm have to say very very good results. A little bit disappointed. I was hoping Science could put a charge and at least I know we closed the gap to Ricardo to about uh, seven tenths. I think for maybe the last lap, last two laps, I would have hoped he could mm. do a Gasly job and get right on top of him. But unfortunately, he couldn't close that gap. But yeah, I think uh, weirdly for a while I was I was a bit disappointed with the Ferrari strategy, given that I would have thought, given how hard it is to overtake, just park him on front of Bottas, try and, try and jump them and, and really race Bottas as much as you could for that race, given that we could keep him behind Leclerc for that whole first stint. But uh, in the end, I think it was wise to let Bottas go, given the, given the gap. You don't want to jeopardise things with cars behind by essentially going slow only for Bottas to get past you with five last slips and all of a sudden your tyres are burnt out from trying to keep them behind you all that time. And two or three yeah. cars go by you, like we saw with Sainz in the last race. So I think in the end, actually, uh, not a spectacular strategy, but it, uh, 
a safe strategy and one that worked out well for Ferrari. So I get, I guess as well, touching on that, you know, Bottas was right behind them when Bottas pulled the trigger and came into the pits. And I think that he probably would have lost track position just on the outlap. You know, Bottas would have been on much fresher tires. He might have yeah. made up that second difference uh, just on the outlap versus the inlap for for Leclerc. So I think that's why they didn't pull the trigger right after Bottas did. I think in hindsight, when I look at it, I realised that Ferrari were never racing Bottas the entire time. It was just Bottas was doing a bit of a bottle job and couldn't get around Leclerc. I don't think Leclerc was deliberately like trying to race him for track position. That's the reason, like you mentioned, he stayed out so long afterwards. I think they were going for a specific gap and they were racing their race the entire time and Bottas just got hmm. choked up by it. And I think that's probably what happened more than Ferrari trying to race with Bottas at all. Touching mm. as well mm. on, you mentioned that Charles Leclerc is probably the third best driver on the grid and I would say, yeah, but only until Grosjean gets his seat in Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that may be true. But obviously touching on Bottas there, uh, another, you didn't see him the whole race. He must... Actually, the only time you did see him was him being a bastard to Lewis Hamilton, not letting him by, when Lewis was clearly the quicker car and was going to get by him anyway, but just a little fuck you to hold him up mm-hmm. for a while. But, um, yeah, just a, a very unremarkable race. Unassuming. From very beige. Very beige. Yeah, very beige. We can play yeah. We can play the same clip every single week where we yeah. say, Bottas yeah. just isn't good enough for that Mercedes seat, but Mercedes will keep him on because he's a great wingman for... Hamilton it's the same every week the guy has no balls the guy unless it's Lewis Hamilton he has no balls so yeah he's just he's just crap move on I mean he's good good, he's good as what he does for Mercedes but it's not very good for him if you know what I mean yeah yeah no for sure yeah he he must be he must know now that his seat is pretty much gone at the end of this season but is it is it it comes back to what we talked about the very last the last one who do you put in that does a better job like i like, think i think honestly mercedes will pull the trigger on russell because they can't leave him there any longer do you think that implies that mercedes just want to get one two in the drivers because the way it is now with bottas they guarantee essentially hamilton gets all of the strategies that he needs because Bata, bottas is always in third and then they always get the constructors because Bottas is always in third. So yeah, but let's just say that Perez pulls his finger out and starts actually well, damn. being behind well, damn, Verstappen. We can't, we can't say that now because he hasn't done that yet. So if that happens, yeah, we can revisit it. But I think at the moment, I don't see why you would bother. Unless Russell's literally like, I'm going to sign with Ferrari Academy if you don't put me in there. And even then, you're like, okay, so what? Don't care. Yeah, I suppose. But I, I, I'm still thinking... Mercedes want the best drivers for sure. I don't. I don't believe do that they? they're just happy. T- I believe they do. Yeah, and I think it's very possible that Hamilton retires next year, so they want a lead driver. Who's their lead driver for next season? Well, it's going to be Lewis Hamilton. He's not going to retire. The guy is like, it, uh, I don't like giving him credit, but <laughs> he is what age is he? Thirty something, whatever. Yeah. His body is not that old though, because he keeps himself in peak physical condition. He's not at a retiring age yet. He's going to go another season. And if he does, 
why not just keep Bottas in that second seat, you know? I think Toto Wolff aged probably 10 years when they had Rosberg in the seat beside Hamilton because they were racing each other so often. I think he's much more happy now that he has a clear one and a clear two. And I don't think he'll have a clear one and clear two, at least not looking to the future. So maybe retrospectively he will if he puts pulls the trigger on George and George is just that bit slower than Hamilton but right now he doesn't know for sure that he will be so why mess with the the formula that's been working so well for him so far and I think it's an easy fix I think he boosts Bottas to number one and brings in Stoffel Van Dorn and they just keep repeating the same way I don't think Max Verstappen can live bring with in the- okay, I don't. I don't think Van Dorn Stop, Fionn, you're not going to win championships with A, Bottas as your lead driver and B, a guy who races in Formula E in yep. the seat beside him. Nah, That's Stop a risk. Van Dorn is 100% quicker than Bottas. He might go seat number one and keep Bottas where he's comfortable in seat number two. Stoffel? Yep. No chance. You hear the hair Nick DeVries has a better chance, I think. Nah, yeah, Nick DeVries sure. is a liability. Pascal Verlein? Oh, nah, he's terrible. I'm a Porsche fan. He's so bad. <laughs> he was in a an F1 car I think more recently than no maybe yeah, Stoffel was he, actually who did he race for a catering or something like that uh, HRT I think HRT. it might have been or one of them HRT Marussia. hired some could have been Marussia HRT hired some whopper race drivers <laughs> Karun Chandok <laughs> like like Minardi they all started with a load of but Ricardo, top quality drivers but Ricardo raced for HRT for a while yeah he did he did yeah so, he's and, confirmed uh, HRT are just a feeder team for McLaren. <laughs> Did Camus have a roundabout way to get... <laughs> Did Kobayashi uh, race for HRT? No, he no. was pure sober all the time, wasn't he? He was sober for a long time. He was oh, sober before. Toyota, Toyota pulled out of the sport, and that's HRT yeah. bought the Toyota company, but he moved on to sober after that. That's what happened there. Yeah, he said that if he had been in the Toyota one more year, he would have won the championship. Hmm. Is that his interesting? Great. I'm I'm a big Kobayashi <laughs> fan, but even I don't believe that. Yeah. So yeah, but um. So lastly, uh, the last team we'll be talking about, of course, Red Bull. Yeah. What a catastrophic error from them today! It was ludicrous not to pit Verstappen when when Hamilton pit. Uh, again, you know, track position came into a question there. You know, Hamilton was following pretty close behind. If they had to pull the trigger on the next lap, it's possible the outlap would have got him ahead of Verstappen anyway. And then you're talking about a, a Red Bull following a Mercedes, and that only ends one way, with the Mercedes going off into the distance. I don't know why. Like, I didn't even cheer when Verstappen overtook him on the first corner. Like, I was just like, oh, great. Now it just makes it a mo- an even better, amazing comeback story when Hamilton eventually <laughs> wins this thing. I'm like... Why do we even bother? Like, if I could, if I had the new Sky Q, if you could just like delete some racers so you'd never have to look at them, I'd much rather follow that McLaren, McLaren Ferrari battle than them two plebs running out in front. Yeah, I reckon they should probably just let Hamilton sit out the rest of the season, give him a race win in every one, and then maybe it becomes more interesting because he's just gonna win them all. It's it's annoying. Yeah, if we take away all his fastest laps, maybe. Maybe Verstappen has a chance to catch him. First place even if that in the correct. Pre- first place in the previous race has to start last in the next one. Yeah, reverse yeah. it's sprint race week to week. But that's just gonna make 
for Star- <laughs> Hamilton look even better. It's yeah, like, as wow. No, wait, of course. The first. Wow. But no, it's not. He has the fastest car. Yous are just trying to find a way to make sure, you know, if that happened, Hamilton would barely finish any races because he'd mean he'd have to drive in traffic and confirm <laughs> my theory that he is brutal at driving in traffic. Well, it would, it would definitely confirm or deny having him go through 20. The last two times he's had to drive in traffic, he's won the race. No, he didn't. No. He's been the no, into he didn't wall. Win he's been the into for a sure. wall, actually, is what he did. He was second in I'm not in saying Imola. he can't win the race. I'm just saying he's bad at wheel-to-wheel driving. Like, he'd been into the wall trying to undertake a lapped car. On he's, a wet yeah. surface. Yeah. So, he, he's a terrible... Okay, let's move it to he's a terrible wet racer. Okay. <laughs> I'll prove he's terrible at something. I'll prove it. Was it not a wet anyway. race that he won his oh. first championship? Man, he said his fashion was, and I quote, freshy. No, that one outfit that he had with the dungarees was freshy. That's that, it. It was that disgusting. Is. It was horrific. He was wearing a Mercedes top underneath that didn't go whatsoever. No. Terrible. And the green like dunks the that were not nice whatsoever. Possible. Uh, Certified uh, L. Certified L. He should be given a points deduction for that. He should. <laughs> so should be five, five place grid penalty. I mean, it was a boring race, but uh, amazing result. That brings us on to, after that kind of uneventful race, we'll have an off week next week. And then we go on to Monaco, the Monaco Grand Prix. Rian, you said last week, the Monaco Grand Prix will be shite. And I, uh, I'm i going to say it again, the Monaco Grand Prix will be shite. The same way the Barcelona Grand Prix was shite. You guys just well, want to big it up. I don't, That's know it. How, I don't know how you can be so sure when... Everyone else is saying they don't agree with you, but somehow you're making it out that you're the only one that understands what a good race is. I'm assuming neither of you watched the Formula E this weekend, which was held in Monaco. Unfortunately, on the... I could not. I was trying to. We don't, didn't we don't have access to it here in Ireland. That's true. Yes, I forgot. It was a remarkable race with some top quality overtaking. And also punting uh, into walls. There was actually not too much punting into walls, more or what punting up the it? rear end. What? Yeah, ramming ramming, ramming up, the boom. up the boom. <laughs> that, there was plenty of that that happened. Uh, <laughs> but there was there was a last minute into the, um, is it the Nouvelle chicane? The la- you know, the, the famous chicane. You come out the tunnel and down the, down the hill. The chicane there oh, on the, the last lap. Up. Yeah, the under- yeah. The Costa just slam on the brakes, locks his wheels for about fifty meters to get by Mitch Evans, who eventually ran out of batteries and came third in the end. But um, yeah, it was it was a remarkable race. I thought it was very very good, and there was plenty of interesting overtakes. And uh, yeah, but that's Formula E. It's a much more overtaking overtaking driven sport. Is it that why? Sense. Because, like, all you need to do, like, a lot of the sport is about conserving your battery. And all you need to do to be fast in the next guy is just What's put your the difference down between a that and conserving your tires? Your tires. It's zero. Well, it's not. It's not because there's, there's so big a difference between the, the performance of the cars in Formula One. Like, the Mercedes are just quicker. They're not. It's not like, oh, Verstappen runs behind just because he wants to conserve his tires. He can't go and put his foot down and then he's past the Mercedes. Whereas that happens an awful lot in Formula E. 
Yeah, but then you run out of batteries and then it's like yeah. a last lap scramble and 14 people overtake you. And that's interesting. That is interesting, but I'm telling you, it's not going to happen in Formula 1. Listen, We're I... We're going to have a train I, from start to finish in Monaco. Yeah. And here's my so. predictions. Michael Schumacher, Mick Schumacher, finish 18th again. I'm going to say that's great performance. Rain's going to say, that's shy, because... Uh, <laughs> Vettel binned it, and then yeah. and then the other thing I'm going to say is Russell's going to finish in twelfth, and Rain's going to call him a bottle job because he should have finished second because he's in a win. That's probably <laughs> after the second him running in second. Yeah, yeah. As everyone goes into their pit stops, he's going to be running in second. Rain's going to be like absolute massive bottle job. He was running the points for three laps, and then everyone came back out of the pits again. And uh, yeah, so that's my predictions. Verstappen is going to do something amazing. And then Hamilton's going to win anyway. And then Bottas. <laughs> actually, Bottas, I think, is going to struggle. Perez is going to beat Bottas. That's what I'm going for. Ooh, first time this season, I think that would be. No, because he got milled by Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch out for the overcut in Monaco. Very powerful. Oh, great. That's what, traffic. that's what. Merkel just overcut everybody. Like, they'll pay every single lap just to overcut everybody. <laughs> they'll qualify. They'll do Q2 on the hards and just go, like, lap <laughs> lap 50 or something and then pit if Perez isn't around for Stappen in that race god bless us rest in peace Red Bull because the the boys in the Mercedes will one under one over that's it the race is done yeah and then they'll sack Perez and Vettel will come in and everyone will be I do I do have a big prediction for Azerbaijan and that is you're getting too far ahead Ring. no 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 shut up shut up Mazepin will be watching that from a hospital bed because he'll bit himself so bad in Monaco. <laughs> that is a remarkable prediction. I want to talk about the uh, pit stop for Giovinazzi. I have never in my life seen a flat tyre come out of a garage. Like that was a brand new set of tyres and it was I didn't flat. see it. I didn't see it, but what, like, did they puncture it when it was out there, or did it come out punctured? doesn't say, just they... Well, I'm not sure. Your man seemed to, I noticed on some of the other pit stops, if you take it real close, so sometimes the guy who holds the tyre gives it a little slap as your man comes in, and he slapped it, and then it was, like, not inflated, so he was, like, slapping like crazy. So, we didn't actually see, but the, the way they timed it, like, they brought... It's not like they were sitting there with the tyre for ages like they brought it straight out and then realized it was flat so i would say it came out with a i would say it came out with a tire blanket flat it's bizarre how that would happen because they were probably a fresh set as well yeah. they looked no they were they were a fresh set because they were shiny I no it was it was that. probably gasly because he loves to <laughs> sabotage people as sonoda has learned pirelli pirelli have had an absolute mare this weekend like having a fresh tire punctured at a pit stop is just insane you have have absolutely no evidence that was anything for all you know someone could have stabbed it with a knife and you're like well okay okay (laughs) but i mean i'm saying that it's it's weird that that happened and as well during practice kimi reichnan had a chunk come out of his tire you could see the carcass of the tire underneath yeah they said that was put down to a camera but i mean camera in the curb you're meant to be able to run over those cameras, you know. Right, sure. Yeah, but they don't. Oh, they don't come dislodged. It wasn't like it came dislodged. You could see something flying off. Okay. And well, it didn't look like a bit of car. For the last few years, I've been thinking that Pirelli have got an absolute monopoly on the sport, 
And I think it's time for one of the other tyre brands like Bridgestone or Firestone to come in and just push their way in a little bit, you know? Uh, you don't want another tyre war. There's no way. It's not possible. I'm pretty sure it's a, it's an exclusive contract. It is, but it's yeah, possible. It's like, not forever. Well, next year they have new tyres coming anyway. Yeah, true. Them true. I think they're, they're, they're designed to be less durable, so it's kind of more pit stops as far as I'm aware. Mm. but yeah last time we had a f- tire war was the remember the indianapolis grand prix in 05 and six cars lined up or eight cars lined up or whatever it was yeah well a lot of a lot of the teams came to an agreement on that where they were just weren't going to race but the likes of ferrari being pricks were like no we run zipperelli so we will not die <laughs> and like yeah. okay yeah, so, what should they? Why should they suffer just because so, they picked the good tires? Like, yeah, the, uh, race like that. I didn't know Ferraris were run French. by the French back then. They were. They were. <laughs> Google it. Yeah. No, that was interesting though. And uh, Jordan finished on the podium. One, two of them. No, one of them because both Ferraris obviously finished one, two, and then I think was it Fisichella or possibly. I think that was that a bit early for Fisichella to be at Jordan. Not too sure. What year did you say? 2005. Oh, then Fisichella was there. He was there from 2001 onwards, 2002. It was Tiago Montero. Okay. Finished, yeah. Legend of the sport. <laughs> that wasn't the only race that Jordan finished on the podium either. There was that one wet race where everybody crashed. Actually, it wasn't. Um, El Fisichella didn't actually race for Jordan at that time. It was Tiago Montero and Naren Cartacan. Ooh. So there you go. And then the Minardis finished 5th and 6th, probably their best ever result or something. But yeah, anything else anyone wants? Giancarlo Fisichella raced for Renault, and they refused to start. Yeah. So yes, uh, with the Monaco Grand Prix in two weeks' time, we'll try and come up with something to talk about next week so you don't go without anything. And uh, yeah, that's all from us for today. Thank you and goodbye. I love